On today's podcast, we bring in Southgate alumni, Jose Sanchez, one of the Latino Hoopers. In high school, he went from player of the year to Division I going to Fresno, and he finds his way out of Division I and playing his career Division II and ending up playing professionally for a couple years in Mexico. Um, it's definitely a great story for him to uh, share with us. You know, this guy is a goal setter in every facet of the way. We talk about his hoops journey and we talk about his current career as a respected police officer during these trying times. Uh, definitely a breath of fresh air to talk to Jose, get his insight on, on how he made it through this basketball journey, how he's uh, continuing to give back to the community uh, that he works at and just... Uh, you know, just an overall great person. Uh, thank you for coming on to the pod. Flake, let's get it. You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rockin' with, Joe? Who they rockin' with? That's right. Remix it. Remix it. You're now rockin' with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rockin' with the best. What up and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commish, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big Yet So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. On the microphone today, we got my boy, Jose Sanchez, a.k.a. Dirty, a.k.a. Officer Sanchez, a.k.a. Flake. What up, Flake? What's good, Z? What's going on? Chilling, dog, chilling. So I wanted to kind of jump into it. Um, would you Would you describe yourself as self-aware, someone that's self-aware of, of who they are or who they want to be? Oh yeah, absolutely, man, hundred percent. And I think the the reason why I wanted to jump in with that about you being self aware, because I remember there was a time I don't know if uh, you were still a college player, and I was pumped up because um, I had a guy and he's like, hey, I need players for the Drew, and I was like, okay, let me bring in Flake and let me bring in um, let me bring in Steve Morial, and I invited you guys to come on. And um, I was pumped up because we were playing in the Drew League. I was like, we finally got some Rasa on the bench. And then tell me what happened. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I mean, what happened? I ha- what happened at halftime? Well, I mean, I, I was pissed off, man. I, I think I left. Yeah, I and I remember. And I think a lot of the guys, you know, being that it's like their first time in the Drew, like you're self-aware. You're like, fuck that. I deserve better. And I think. The reason why I bring up that that time was because ever since I've known you, you've always had that that game plan of like like I need to be at this certain spot in a certain part of my life. And where did that come from, or how did how did you how did you become like that? Because um, you know some guys are just like fuck it, I'll just sit on the bench and I'll you know I'll just wait for my turn. And you were like, nah, fuck that shit. Like I'm not I'm I'm not gonna wait behind somebody that I know I'm better than. I think that comes from just as a kid, man. Like uh, you know, growing up, uh, I always had that mentality. You know, like uh, you know, both my parents are immigrants. Um, you know, my mom, my dad, they both they both came from Mexico. My dad did the whole border thing. And, you know, as a kid, I saw how much, you know, how hard they work. And, uh, and, and you know, my mentality has always been like, you know, I want to I want to make my parents proud. You know, I want I want them to 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 know that, you know, all the hard work that they did is, is going to be for something. So that's always that's always just been my mentality. 
so so when you when you played at Southgate, um, you were um, you were one of the top players on that team, and you guys had a great run your senior year. And after your high school career, um, you had an opportunity to play at Fresno, but you finished your career at Monterey Bay. What happened between your the end of your senior year and like you ending up at Monterey Bay? Because there was a lot of different things that you know maybe. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of things happened before Fresno. Okay. You know, um, Playing in high school, uh, uh, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, I, I think before I even like started to play basketball, um, from like my 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 freshman year to my sophomore year, I went from playing, uh, you know, cross uh, off, and then I jumped to playing varsity, and then you know I was never really um, a big basketball guy to be honest with you. Um, the only reason why I started playing was because, you know, my, my boys were playing. And and from that one year, from freshman um, to sophomore, you know, I started to who's, uh, who's actually the coach at Southgate now. Kind of, he he, uh, he took me with him on a traveling team called the Sano. I mean, the Sano, the traveling team called the Bone Boys. <laughs> so, you know, um... We went out to um, to Fresno. Um, we played at the EBO tournament. I think this was like 2001 or something. And that's when I I realized like how big basketball was. You know, I didn't know anything about basketball. Like I was just a kid from Southgate. You know, and uh, you know, like going to school, coming back. You know, being at home and like I didn't really know like the extent of where basketball can take you because, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't grow up, you know, playing in, like, basketball leagues. You know, my mom couldn't afford putting me in, like, leagues at Southgate or, like, or, you know what I mean? Like, those, those, those like, leagues that, that kids play in. Yeah. So, I didn't know anything about any of that. And, I, and I'm seeing kids, like, oh, these kids going to this school, you know. I don't know if you ever told you the story, but um, we, play, we actually, first game played against LeBron James when he played against the, uh, for a team called the Oakland Warriors. Oh. And they fuck, and they fucking smacked us, bro. We <laughs> lost by like 100 points. And I had no idea who, who LeBron was at the time, but, you know, I remember, like, him being, like, one of the top players there at the time. And then, um, Deshaun Stevenson, who, who's playing for the Jazz, um, he, he's from Fresno, right? So, he was there, like, as, as like, uh, you know, NBA player that was there at the camp, and he was talking to the kids, and, and, uh, and I kind of, like, my mind started to open up, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy, you know? Like, all these kids are, are going to different schools, and, and they're getting opportunities to, like, play here and play there, and, and it's all because of basketball. So, that's where it kind of started for me. Yeah. Like, after that, after that tournament, I was kind of like, like, damn, like, I could put in work. I can. I can work my ass off, and maybe I can get to that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, sophomore year, I did okay. My junior year, like I made first team. You know, I, I like work, 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 work my ass off. Like I was always with with, with Coach Rangel. I was always like at the gym, like, and and it was kind of like, and that's what I'm trying to say that. It starts from before because it was kind of like I, I feel like like 
we know you play in the summer watch the the summer watch games and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. we played against some good teams. Compton, Compton Centennial, you know, they had like Aaron Aflalo or like Taft. They had Jordan Farmore. Or we played against like Fairfax, and they had like Nick Young, you know. And and it was like you know I was doing pretty well against these teams, but at the same time, like I was never getting opportunities to play against. I to play like on any like like AAU teams, you know, mm-hmm. like nobody was ever hitting me up. Like nobody was ever asking me to play with them and stuff like that. So it was just kinda like I, I, I in my mind I was just kinda like, you know, fuck it, you know? Like that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Keep going, keep going, like keep working out. It, it's all gonna work out, you know what I mean? Like it's all gonna work out. So fast forward, you know, to my senior year, like I got player of the year at Southgate. Along with Steve Monreal and Lorenzo, I was like second team all LA, LA City. I was averaging like I don't know 20, 25, 26 points a game, stuff like that. And still, man, like I had, I didn't have any 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 um, offers on my table. Yeah. Nothing, bro. You know, I didn't have nothing. Like all they were taking, I was doing like like junior colleges stuff like that. So it was, frust- it was frustrating. Why, yeah, it was frustrating. But like I said, like my mentality was just always like. For whatever reason, like, don't give up. Just keep going. Like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. And, you know, I, I even remember, um, you know, going to take the SATs, right? Because I was, like, setting myself up. Because for whatever reason, I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And, and I was I was doing the SATs even though I had nowhere to go. Because I, I always wanted to put myself in a position to be like, 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 if something happens, like, I got the grades. I got the score. You know, like, like nothing's gonna like be be in the middle of like stopping me from getting to where I want to get. So, last game, the last game of my senior year, we played Fairfax, right? Um, that's when uh, Josh Ships going to UCLA, right? You got Lorenzo going to UCLA. It was a big game. Um, we ended up losing, but you know, I ended up having like probably one of the best. Um, one of the best games I ever had in my basketball career. I think I had like 40 points or something. And Fresno State was there recruiting a kid from Fairfax that ended up signing with another team. So then they started asking, like, who the fuck is this kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who's this kid that, that, that you know, where's he from, whatever. Long story short, uh, one of the football coaches ends up being friends with one of the assistant coaches at Fresno State, and he helped me put a video together, right? We sent out a video of like the summer games and stuff like that, and uh, and you know, they ended up, that's what, that's how that whole Fresno State situation happened, because by that time, everyone had been signed, right? Everyone yeah. had already declared where they were going. It was already towards the end of the season, and uh, you know, I ended up getting a situation, put in a situation where they offered me, you know, where I can go to school and get my school paid for. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, you've always said, like, uh, putting yourself in the position and then getting out of basketball, like like taking the most out of basketball. But then you're at Fresno, and somehow the wheels fall off, you know? I know... Yeah, so I was at Fresno, right? And honestly, when I got to Fresno, reality slapped me in the face. Like, I... That's where I understood, like, bro, you're not even that good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, in all, in all seriousness, like, it was the first time me being um, me being away from home. You know, I, I didn't, 
other than Fresno, like I had never like been away from my family or away from the, from Southgate, away from any anything other other than like Vegas and things like that. But you know, it was my first time being away from home. Um, I was actually, uh, you know, new. Like I didn't really know. You know, you're a kid, right? You're 17 years old, and then now you're like waking up at five in the morning. You know, weight training. Um, then after that, you got conditioning. Then after conditioning, you got practice. Then after practice, you're going to you're going to class, and then you got to come back for double days. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like, and then you're getting screamed at, right? Like you, the coaches are screaming at you, fucking cussing at you, throwing shit at, at the court. Like um, Ray Lopes, who came from Oklahoma, he was my head coach there, and Von Webb is the coach that recruited me, and. Um, you know, it was it was like a it was like it was like a reality check. You know, like you you're either gonna like fucking quit, go home because things ain't going your way, or or you're gonna stick it out. And and I was probably like you know like like I noticed that I was like man like these guys all these guys can fucking play you know and it's like that's when I realized like I gotta I gotta work harder like I gotta work harder to try to get to, to the level that I need to get to. So that whole year, you know, I ended up, I played a little bit in the beginning and then I I, re- I ended up redshirting and then I kind of just like started like working on my body, you know, because I wasn't fast enough. You know, I didn't jump that high um, and I was slow on defense and things like that. But those are the things that I, I realized and I was just kind of like, that's what I did that whole year, you know? So finally towards the end of the year, um, we had like that, you know, end of the year meeting and stuff like that. And then I had really improved a lot, you know, from like my, even my body, like, like, um, conditioning wise. And, and, you know, I got a little more slim and I remember like my shot was, was a lot better and just understanding the game, um, a lot, a lot more than I did in high school. And I remember my coach was like, was like, you know, like we see that you've been improving, you know, we want to make you more part of this and that and, and it was like kind of like I had something to look for and then he ends up getting fired mm. you know yeah. so then to me it was like man like it was a grind you know it was a grind to get here you and know? now it's like, like you're gonna start all over especially if there's a new guy yeah it's like damn I gotta start all over but the thing that that, that really helped me a lot being out there was uh, was being roommates with Hector Hernandez yeah. You know, he was my he was my roommate, and like me and him, used to, you know, like just uh, just having him there, you know, it it, it was you know because he's Rasa too, you know. Yeah. So it was like me and him were the only Mexicans Mexicans out there in Fresno, and it was like everybody like the the Hispanic community, like one of our boys that was a barber were like, man, anything we needed, like he hooked us up with a big old plasma TV that we had in our little dorm, and he used to cut our hair and like invite us over to his family and stuff like that, but. But anyways, um, but yeah, like once my coach got fired, I was just kind of like, man, like, like it was a grind to get here. And now this happens. So then the new coach comes in, um, Steve Cleveland. He came in from BYU, cleared out his whole staff, running all his new coaches, and he pretty much looked at me like, who the fuck is this Mexican kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. And he told me like, like, pretty much told me like, like, hey, uh. Um, we're, you know, we're, we got some other players coming in. Um, you can stay on the team, but, but you know, we're going to need that scholarship. Right. You know, so at that point, I, you know, I was just kind of like, man, fuck this dude. So <laughs> I, that, that's when I just ended up, I just ended up leaving. Yeah. And, and like I said, like 
for me, it's like you even get into that point when you walk into campus and say, I'm not really that good. It's like, that's the thing that, that you're self-aware. And then you, you put a goal and you went out there. So then you take off from Fresno and you end up at Harbor Community College. Uh, what, what happened at Harbor? And then like, cause there's, uh, there's a time where I remember, and, and I, I've known you Flake for, for a couple years, uh, after high school. And I remember we were, we were playing in a Latino tournament and, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was Phoenix or Vegas, I forgot where it was. And we were kind of just having beverages in the room or whatever. And you're like, bro, like I can't do anything. I got a paper due like tomorrow. And like, we were kind of just messing around and you were focused, you had your laptop, you were like, you know, like, you know, had your, you know, we handed you a, a little drink right there, but you were focused and you were finishing your work. Like, like you had your priorities set. And I, I want to say you were, you were at Harbor um, and, and you were like still finding that, that next step of like, cause you, you didn't play um, that one year, but then you're still like, still chasing it, still chasing it. And I remember that and I'm like, damn, this guy's focused, bro. And, and you were just like committed to like, to, to just like, you were headstrong and self-aware that you were like, that's not what I need to do right now. I need to focus on this. And, and I always looked at that and I remember that because it was like, you know, some other people would have just been like, ah, fuck it. You know, I'll turn it in on Monday when I get back, you know? And you're like, nah, this all, everything doesn't matter, but this. You know, so I think that was probably when you were in Harbor. And then what happened in Harbor um, that that you ended up uh, heading to Monterey Bay? Well, to be honest, when, that whole year that I was in Harbor, uh, I, I kind of didn't really know if I, like, I didn't really, like, I went to Harbor because of um, um, Coach, Lo Coach uh, Lopez. Uh -huh. So he was he was a coach at, at, at um, he was a coach at Southgate before, like a long time ago, before um, um, Serrano had taken over. I mean, not Lopez, Loza. And he ended up going and being the head coach at Harbor. So when I came back from uh, from uh, from Fresno, you know, I reached out to him and I just told him, like, you know what, like, I'm back now. I honestly have no idea what I'm gonna do. Like, I have no, I have no. Uh, no, you know, no one, no one was recruiting me other than uh, some school out in Alaska, Alaska, Fairbanks, Alaska University. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of didn't really uh, know what I was gonna do, and he told me, you know what, just come over, um, come over down to Harbor, you know, you know, just keep doing your classes. You can start practicing with us, and and then you know, do the whole JC thing, and then you know, jump out to to um, you know, try to go back D1 or, or D2, whatever. So you were practicing, and did you end up playing uh, Juco no, at Harbor? No, so I, I played the summer uh -huh. with Harbor. You know how they have the summer tournaments? Yeah. And then I was kind of practicing with them and stuff like that, and I was just going to class. But before the season started, Los reached out to me, and he said, hey, you know, like, I, I got this, this assistant coach job at, uh, at, at Monterey Bay University. It's a D2. And... Um, and, uh, you know, I think I'm going to bring Steve with me. Steve Monreal at the time had just finished playing at, uh, at, at, um, ELAC, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. then he said, yeah, he's going to come out here with me. So then I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, cool. Well then, well then what I got to do. So he was just like, you know, make sure that all these other, like all these classes were done and this and that, you know, um, and you got the grades for all this stuff, so that way you know you're able to to to, 
to transfer out. So then I was like, all right, cool. So then I signed up for the classes that I needed to. And that's the reason why I think I was all up. I was all about like, hey, I need to finish these classes and stuff like that. Because I think that was after Los had already explained to me which classes that I needed to do to yeah. kind of go out there. And then so we ended up going. Um, he took me and Steve like on a little recruiting trip. We went out to Monterey, and then uh, we played against some of their guys. We met the coach, um, who was the head coach there at the time. And then uh, um, at, at the end of our trip, he, he offered me and Steve both a scholarship. Okay. And how did you finish your career there? Did you Were you able to uh, have a good career at Monterey Bay? You know, you know um, when, I, when I went to Monterey, I think, I think my whole mindset kind of changed. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Like, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I was still into the whole basketball thing, but I had more of an understanding that, like, like Steve, when we played at Monterey, Steve was the was the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Steve, Steve was was the ball went through Steve. You know, like Steve was probably one of the best players that we had on the team. We had a couple other guys that that. So like, my mindset went from like. Like I wanted to be the man, the man, the man to kind of like, like I need to shift my 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 role and be more of a role player. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like 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 yeah, you know I had a good career, but in the back of my mind, like I, I wanted to get a degree, like I wanted to graduate. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like so, basketball was was yeah, it was it was it was part of it, but but the the ultimate goal. With like, I'm at a, I'm at a school. I'm getting my school paid for. I'm with my boys. You know, I'm with Steve. He was my roommate. You know, I met some fucking awesome people here. Yeah. Like, I've learned a lot, and and I'm gonna graduate, and I'm gonna get a degree. You know, like, what? about that. Is it me or why don't why do I hear uh, Edgar Loera's voice in that little conversation that that you're saying? <laughs> Man, you know, honestly, bro, like, I'm I'm so glad that like I'm blessed to like have like like Edgar. Edgar, you, like, like, Garnet, like, Joey, because, because, you know, when I was going through college and I was going through, you know, that, that, that whole stage in my life, like, like, I, Edgar was probably the most, the, one of the, one of the biggest guys, like, most person that I called, I used to call him all the time. Yeah. And, and I remember what he used to always tell me, like, don't worry about it, like, it's all going to work out, it's all going to work out. And I think he, like, he talked, he talked me out of, like, a lot of shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I always felt like, 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 man, like, like, it just seems like shit, is never, shit never goes the way that I planned, you know? But it was always kind of like, he always, he was always there, man. He was always there to, to let me know, like, I think, like, through his conversations, like, he, he, that's where I kind of learned of, like, like it's bigger than basketball you know what i mean yeah yeah and that's and that's funny because i like just the way you're talking i was like damn those i've heard those speeches before whether it's him talking to someone else i mean i was in the room when he'd be telling you like bro you're good and then so you finish your career at monterey and then you know you have an opportunity to play pro ball and um like you know and you kind of jumped around um, to a bunch of different spots. What was was there ever a spot where you just like had one of your best pro experiences? Like I think the, I think the, the best pro experience I had was it was when I was playing in in, uh, in Guaymas. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like playing there. I think I was there for three seasons. 
seasons, like consistently. Yeah. Um, but I think that was like the, the best because like, you know, I got billboards put up with me. I came on a Burger King commercial, you know, like I got to experience that whole, you know, we had a really good owner. We got paid on time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everything that he had told us that we were going to get in our contract was in our, that we got like we had nice little apartments and he would take us out. He had like this big old yacht that he would take us out and stuff like that. But like just just that whole that, that whole basketball, um, being a pro and like you know the the the, the kids asking you for autographs and, and you know everyone knew who you were. You know, kind of like that was a good feeling, you know. Yeah, and and what was Waimas like? Because Waimas, you would think it's like a big town or it's like a small town, right? Uh, it's it's small, man. It's it's like it's like a, a mixture because if you go if you go over to like. Like, Waimas connects to San Carlos Beach, right? So it's kind of like desert. It's like a, it's in Sonora, right? So it's like a desert town, but it, it like connects to the ocean. So it's, it's kind of weird, but but it was nice, man. It's, it was a nice experience. Yeah, and it was it was cool to see, um, you know, you being out there and you you, you hooping. And another another moment where I remember um, you is, um, you know, because your your first experience uh, as a pro, from what I remember, was. Um, you being out in Jalapa, um, you, you, they brought you on, and you were almost like a like a red shirt or something like that. Um, and midway through the season, you know, you weren't playing, you were practicing, and we lived in the same uh, apartment building. And I remember one time walking into the to the room, and I mentioned this to you all the time because I fucking remember. And I walk into the room, and you're like, "Fuck, Z, I'm broke," and I'm like, "What happened?" And you're like, I just paid off all my school. Like, I just cleared out my bank account, and I paid off my school loans. And I just thought, like, like, bro, I gave you, like, a high five. I was like, damn, that's good shit. Like, like you're debt free. And most of the guys would have been, like, you know, in Mexico, using their money, popping bottles, buying fucking 20 pairs of shoes, you know, just to floss. But, like you said, you know, you wanted to put yourself in the position that you can use basketball for what you get. And I remember that moment. And what, what what did that moment feel like for you to be able to be like at that point in your life, have a degree, be debt free. And now every money that you're making is like money in the pocket. I mean, that's something that I learned from my mom, man. My mom was like, my mom was always on me about like, about like finances, you know, like she, she paid, she paid off our house you know, and like she had a 30 year loan, and I think she paid off in like 15 or 16 years. And like, she was just a big example of like, you have to have good credit. You have to be on top of, you know, your finances, like that, like that's, that's going to make your life so much easier. You know what I mean? And the re- actually the reason why I paid, paid it off was because of my mom. You know, I remember, you know, that I think like two, three days before having a conversation with my mom and I'm like, Hey mom, like, do you guys need anything? Like, you know, I, I have like this much money in the bank, and and you know, I, you know, I'm doing, you know, like, come on, I'm, I'm right out of college, right? So like, they're paying me pretty well my first year, and it's like I got all this money stacked up, and she, she, the first thing she says is like, I know you took out loans in school. How much money do you owe? And I was like, oh, I owe like, you know, fucking fifty racks or some shit like that. And she was just like, she was like, well then pay it off, like pay it off to tomorrow, pay it off. And I'm like, what do you mean paid off? Like, like the interest is really low. She's like, no, no, no. Like, it doesn't matter. You're young. 
you have you have the rest of your life to make money like you need you just you have the money now like just pay it pay it pay it tomorrow or pay it the next day and i was like all right well yeah all right i'll think about it you know whatever whatever and so like i did think about it and i was like you know what she's right like like when am i gonna have this opportunity where it's like right there and i don't you know i I'm, I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm, I'm in Mexico traveling. You know, our house is being paid for. Like, they're giving us money for food. So I was just like, whatever, fuck it. So then I ended up, you know, boom, just paid off all my loans that day. And that's, that's when I saw you, like, I think the, the night, that same night. Yeah, and I remember. And I was like, man, bro, like, and that's, I, I think in some of the other podcasts, I'm like, these are things that, you know, I didn't, I didn't learn until, you know, Probably I got with my girl and we started having to talk, have that finance talk. And I was like, fuck, I've been stupid with my money or I've been doing this or I've been doing that. And there's a lot of people, you know, that kind of flex that game that like, oh, everything is good or, or life is good. But it's like, nah, you really did it. And like now you you have investment properties. Right. And now you're you're kind of doing doing OK for yourself. As far yeah. as as far as like you know putting your putting your money and, and investing it and doing all these things and that's something that that you were able to do during your pro career and then you know during those years in Weimar, I'm sure you were able to do other stuff and you're constantly and you know you got a couple little um, ventures and businesses stuff like that um, that that you've done and you've done well and I and I've seen it um, but um, so right now kind of kind of a little transition um, so we've been in this whole pandemic for this whole, you know, like last three months. And, you know, that's pretty much like anything, any, like everything everyone's talking about. And, you know, um, you've been the last probably week and a half in the front lines because you're a police officer. So, you know, you finish your pro career and you know, you kind of go into the police force and now you're in a situation right now where, you know, a lot of things are going on in society. Um, what's your take on what's going on? Um, what, and what's your position as far as like how, what you're doing, um, and what you've been doing to kind of lead up to this point of where you're at and where your stance is. What's going on right now is just, I think it's, it's, it's just, a it's a reaction of something that has been, you know, kind of been thrown under the rug for the past you know how many years there's been a there's been a lot of uh situations that that you know are, are coming out in the news and videos and things like that and and, and you know people are just are, are reacting to them you know it's like i think a mixture of like you know the, the whole pandemic and 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 you know the videos that have been coming out online and stuff like that is it's almost like the it's almost like the perfect storm for this to happen you know it, it's like so many different things like had the pandemic not happened it would have been different if you know i mean obviously what what happened in the videos and and all the things that that were going on are different but yeah i mean i you know what like when, when i talk about this stuff you know i like to talk about it in in, in uh in kind of like you can't you can't ball it up you can't ball everything up into one thing you know what i mean yeah like you need to you need to you need to talk about it in different categories, you know, like police brutality. Like, does it exist? Police police brutality does exist, and that is and that is something that needs to be that needs to be situated. That's something that needs to be taken care of. But 
you know, how, 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 I think it, it's a conversation that needs to happen, but not just happen like, oh, okay, it's, you know, like, we've been protesting for the last week, and then like, all right, all right, things have kind of calmed down, now let's, let's not talk about it anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think that, that it's a conversation that needs to happen, and I think that little by little, like, I think that things need to be done, like, what's going on, what's going on in, with all this, like, police brutality, like, innocent people getting killed and, and, and you know, everything that you see, it's kind of like, it, it's happening, you know what I mean? But as a police officer, it's like, I can only, I can only um, control, you know, the things that I do. You understand what I mean? Yeah. But it's kind of like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, sometimes when you say things like that, it, it, people say it's a, that that's an excuse. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of hard to like, and and it is it, i mean it's, it has to be hard especially like when when everything went down like the first day you were the first guy i thought of because i know i've had conversations with you and i know the type of person you are and i know the type of police officer that you are and i was like fuck you know like i hope flakes okay you know because i know this shit's about to get fucking crazy and it got fucking crazy yeah you know and the thing is i know because you know, I know you're 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 in the hood, you're in the thick of things, and you know you're doing things out of your own way. Like I know, you know, there was a couple of things a while back, maybe like months back before anything happened. You know, you're coaching kids, and you're at the park, and you're in your uniform, and, and you're shooting hoops with the kid, and you're playing one on one, and you're trying to give them a, a vision of not all cops are fucking the way you guys think of it. You know. And, and I think, like, it, all it takes is one person to kind of change one kid's mind. And I think, you know, for that, and that's why I reached out to you because I was like, I know, I know Flake's doing the right things, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it, was, it was posted on Instagram, like, like a couple days ago that, that, you know, you and a couple of your, your, your buddies, um, police officers, like, went to a kid's house. And it's, especially during all this, you know, what did you guys do uh, for this kid? And, and how did you, like, just in this one little small instance, try to make a difference to this kid? Well, I mean, that kid, his name's Jeremiah. Okay. So, so at this point in my career, I've been on the job for six years. Um, the whole, my whole career, I've, I've, I've worked in South Central. Right? There's 21 divisions in LAPD, right? You can work Harbor, you can go work the beach, you can go to West LA, close to Beverly Hills, you can work in Central, you can work in the Valley, right? You can work all over. But I, I've, I've worked in South Central. And the reason why I decided to work in South Central, because the way it works is you go do probation, right? For a year. Yeah. And then you leave. You can't stay there. They make you leave and you go work somewhere else. Well, I left. They sent me to to um, to Harbor, which is like close to San Pedro Beach area. And I were, I was there for six months, four months, five months, and I went back to South Central. I asked, I had to meet with the captain and say, "Hey, like, I, I want to go back to South Central for X, Y, and Z." And I went back. And 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 South Central is is the most busiest area in, in, in all Los, Los Angeles. It, it has the most violent crime, has the most property crime. Um, you know, there's shootings every day. There's probably 31 to 
like 30 to 40 different gangs in an 11 mile radius, square miles, mileage. Wow. So it's like every day um, there's shootings. Every day people, you know, you know, at least every other day, like someone's getting shot, someone's getting killed. You know, but this is the area that I chose to work because this, these areas like this need the most, they need the most help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they need help. Like, it's bigger than, than just like talk, like just kind of saying like, oh, you know, let's just, let's just, uh, let, let the, like the government, let, let's make rent cheaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's make rent cheaper so that, so that people don't have to pay so that people don't have to uh, can afford rent, you know, or like let's let's give them let's give money every month. Like no, it has to be more than that. Like yeah, I, I feel like like it, you know like you know pe- people that that live there. Um, that's why a lot of a lot of times they, they don't leave. You know, like they don't they don't like people that, like it's like a system that 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 wants to keep certain people where they're at. You get what I mean? Yeah. You know, you were like a, a person that that bucked the system, whether you know, but with through education, and I think you know whether it was as actual education, you finding ways uh, to turn out, turn down the the noise, the external noise of the neighborhood, the external noise of of what's going on, um, the the fact that you were a Latino. In, in trying to play Division One basketball, which is probably a, a small number, and and you defied the odds because you educated yourself, because you found financial freedom, and now you're kind of like giving it back to the community by just being someone that's visible uh, in that South Central community, and and it's and it's like I said, it was for me, it was good to see that I know. With all this bullshit that's going on, I know there's fucking a, a lot of good police, you know? And like you said, you can't bunch them up into like, oh, well, they're all this or they're all that, you know? And I think um, you're a testament to like like breaking out of those things. And Yeah, I mean, uh, I th- like I was saying, at this point in my career, you know, I, I, I joined a unit. Um, it's called CSP, so it's called it's Community Safety Partnership. So there's four components, right? You got you got safe passage. So we're like driving to all the schools in the area and before and after school. So we're making sure that the kids are safe, you know? Yeah. Like no, these gang members ain't messing with them. People ain't getting robbed. Like kids ain't getting pumped, whatever it is. Um, there's a community engagement. So we go out to like the community. We just ask everybody how, how, you know, like, hey, what's going on? You know, you guys having any issues? We go to all the businesses. We check in with the businesses, making sure like everything's being cool, every, everything's okay with them. And then you have, you know, critical enforcement, which is kind of like things that are like affecting the community. Hey, we're getting all these tags. Everyone's tagging up over here. You know, people are breaking into my car, things like that. So it's kind of like now it's your job to go out there and try to find out like, hey, who's tagging, right? Like that area is 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 ran by two different gangs, so it's kind of like you. Like me, I person like I know who's who, you know. Like I talk to these guys all the time, so yeah. Situations like that, I'll just go up to them and be like, "Hey, man, like you're bringing more attention to yourself. Like I don't know who you got to talk to, but I know that you're, you're that you're the man, right? So it's like I need you to talk to whoever you need to talk to to stop, to stop this because 
is making me come and talk to you and I know you don't want to talk to me. You know what I mean? And how how tough was you was it for you to become that? Cuz you're I know you. You're you're quiet, you know? Like like if you're in a room, you know, for the most part and you don't know anybody, like you'll just chill. You'll you'll lay in the cut, you know, or whatever, but how how difficult was it for you to become that person that had to be vocal and stepping out out of maybe your comfort zone or maybe I didn't realize that was your comfort zone, but how did you become that? How did, you know, like, is, was it experience? Was it years? Was it having a good partner? How did that go? I mean, I think it's just, you know, being in that area uh, for for the for the time that I have, you know, as, as time has gone on, like, years have gone on and, and just being in different situations where it's kind of like you, you learn, right? You learn to, to communicate and you learn to, to, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And you kind of adapt and create your own style of like how you do your own job, how you do your job, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I, like, I, like I was saying, um, you know, you always put yourself in the position to like figure out the next step. So, so you're, you know, you're financially free. You got a career, you know, you're doing uh, the CSP program. What's your next step within your career or what's like one of these, one of the, what's your next goal? personally like so then that way you're you're moving forward because you always got a plan you're always figuring stuff out well i mean right now as far as that as far as work you know like honestly like i i personally i've i've talked i've been like talking to a lot of my friends that are african-american you know what i mean like i've been asking them like like hey man like 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 talk to me about 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 how you grew up you know what i mean like and i have personal friends that have told me like situations because you know i'm on instagram right and i'm like you said for the most part i'm pretty quiet yeah but like i have friends that are like posting shit like fuck the police you know you know defund the police you know all this shit right against police officers and look me i i don't take anything personal like my my mindset is like i go to work i put on this uniform i go and i do my job as best as I can, and then I, I take it off, and I come home, and then I got other things that I that I got going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as far as work, it's like I want to know. You know, like I want to be. I want to. I want to understand like what I can do to 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 end to end all this that's going on. You know? Yeah. Like, and I know that it's. And I know that like me by myself, me alone is not going to do it. But. But. You know, I, I I'm trying to like at least at least me going going to work and and trying to implement you know different things and trying to change someone's mindset of 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 the way that they see the police. It's like to me, it's like if I can change one kid, you know, that's where it starts. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want kids to to because I see it right. I go to I go to, I go to work and I see the way people look at me. You know what I mean? I go get something to eat, and I see the way people look at me. They look at me like they're scared. Like, yeah. you know, kids won't wave at you. Kids won't say hi to you, and it's like, like, damn, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a fucked up feeling. Yeah. So, so right now, like, you know, I have a, you know, working for CSP. Like, we got a program. I got a program where I started a basketball, the CSP Bruins, right? So, you know, I started a basketball team. Um, and you know, I got a bunch of kids that come, and we, you know, we play ball, and we, you know, I, I run different um, practices for them. Um, we've taken them to play against different parks and stuff like that. But you know, in all reality, like I just want these kids to understand that, like, 
we're all, I'm just a human just like anybody else you mm -hmm. know yeah so so like that kind of puts it puts you in a position where you're like say there's a rewind and you're talking to, to someone or even you're talking to someone that's probably listening to podcast that's maybe like a junior or senior um, in high school and and for for you what would an, an advice be for yourself because you got a lot out of basketball you you like if basketball was a lemon you squeeze the shit out of it as far as your skill but um you know you you got the most out of it you know you play ball like you got your degree everything like that what would what would your 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 advice be to like a junior senior um, in high school that thinks like oh basketball is the shit and i'm gonna go pro and this and that and and you know some of them might you know but but the reality is not all of them are so what what is it something that maybe you learned or like maybe like a tidbit of advice just i mean if you if you gotta go if you gotta go right obviously you always have to go for it right you always gotta you know work work your ass off to try to get to where you're at you know but just because that that goal doesn't it doesn't happen like it doesn't mean that that your life's over you know what i mean like if for for example when i came back from playing pro in mexico and in, in, in 2013 mm -hmm. like i came back and i had nothing bro nothing I, my my identity was gone right i was no longer like all oh, flake the hooper the basketball player yeah right like I was living at my parents' house, 26 years old. I was broke as fuck. I had no money. The economy was shit. I had a degree. I was I I couldn't get a job. Like nothing, bro. Yeah. Oh, and then to top, I mean, I'm not trying to, but you know, I, like I my relationship. Remember, I was with someone for a long time. Like that shit was over with too. Yeah. So it was like that was probably like that was probably like the the, the worst the worst that I've ever been in my life. Like just just the lowest yeah. I felt like I was in this hole right and the more that I tried to dig up like it wouldn't I, 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 I couldn't get out bro. and um, I, and I, I honestly like you know like depression starts to kick in you know like you're just like fuck like like this shit sucks dude but you know like I said I'm, grad, I'm grateful that I had E because I would talk to E every day bro almost all the time we'd go talk talk about what was going on Dagne you know, I talked to God and he helped me get a job. So I was working for a for a waste management company for a year. Like make making not that much, but you know, it was a job. So even though all this was going on, I told myself, you know what? Like, it's alright, cool. You know, feel bad for whatever, a week or two, but but you gotta figure out what you're gonna do, bro. Like all this shit that you've done doesn't mean shit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you got a degree, yeah, you played ball, right? You went to college. You played in Mexico, everyone's like, cool, you got all these cool jerseys and all that shit, but like, okay, look at where you're at now, right? You're in a fucked up situation. Yeah. Like, all that shit doesn't matter. What are you going to do now? Like, what are you going to do from today? What do you want to be in five years, right? Mm -hmm. And cra it's crazy, bro, because I, I I live in Long Beach now, right? Like, right here by the beach. You know, I got a condo. So, I used to come and run this path. This little Long Beach path back here. I used to run sometimes two, three times a day, bro. I used to go home, be like, you know, fuck, what am I gonna do? This and that. Come back, run it, go up. And I used to tell myself, like, man, like one day I wanna fucking, like, I wanna live right there, you know? Like, I wanna work my ass off 
and I want to buy I want to buy a place there. And you know, like, how am I gonna do it? How am I gonna do it? So you know, I figured I, you know, as I was working, I figured things out, right? Like, like, oh, I, let, let me let let me see, like, let me see this option, let me see that option. And, and I ended up taking, you know, the police route. I went to, to the academy six months. You know, I graduated. And then little by little, you know, I started, you know, making more money, making more money, saving, saving, saving. And then uh, two, three years later, I fucking, I got a place here. Yeah. Where, where three years before, I was like, you know, and, I, and, and, and now I, I look down, right, to that same fucking path. And I'm like, man, like, six seven years ago like that was me running right there like not knowing what i was gonna do yeah and and i i feel you on that because like even even when i came back from from jalapa you know i same same thing you know when, when i left mexico and you know you you know everyone's like oh shit you play pro ball and this and that but reality hits you in the face and you have to set those goals in place. And I think, you know, you have to have, obviously, your basketball goals are great. But, you know, when you're home and the, and they take that ball out of your hand, I think Cesar Guerrero said, you know, like, what are you going to do after the ball stalls start stops bouncing? You know? And I think, you know, I, I'm a little bit older and I'm still figuring that out. You know, I'm, I'm making moves in, in my path, in my education, and, and in my career. And, and you figured it out as soon as the ball stopped. And the thing is, the smart thing to do is kind of do what Caesar's doing. You know, figuring out that path already before it's even like it stops bouncing. You know, because basketball, like you told me, you know, basketball is not forever. And that's kind of what, what you, you were kind of putting yourself. You were positioning yourself, even though, you know, maybe it didn't work out as much as you thought it was going to work out. But you were already positioning yourself to kind of make these different moves. Yeah, because when I left Mexico, I was 26 years old, and I told myself, "What do you want? What do you What do you want when you, by the time you're 30? Like, what are your goals by the time you're 30?" And I would be like, "You know, I want to have a place. I want to have a career. I want to have. I want to be making good money. Like, I want to put myself in a situation where I can, you know, I move forward in my life." And then I told myself, "Is what you're doing right now gonna put you in that in that position by the time that you're 30?" And my, I answered my own question. I said, "Of course not. It's not." Like, you know, you know how Mexico is, right? You're not getting paid. They're paying you every other day. Like, it's a grind, right? So, so I said, you know what? No, I'm absolutely, it's not, it's not going to get me there. So that's when myself, then, then, you know what? It's time for you to, like, figure it out. And I left. I left, like, mid-season, I think. I don't even think I finished the season when I was playing in, uh, with the Corre Caminos in, in Victoria. Which is the self-awareness that I was talking about, you know? And... and you're asking that question. Are you doing today what's going to get you to your goals that you want tomorrow? And I think that's kind of like if I had to roll all this conversation in, into one, is like that's what I would say to someone listening to that. Are, is what you're doing today going to get your goals that you want in the future? And I think, you know, you've been doing that, bro. And I and yeah. I think... Because honestly, even, even when I... Even after I had bought my... my my, my condo I, I'm not no, no bullshit bro and I'm not saying this because oh I'm on a podcast or whatever but like a week or two weeks after I told myself alright what do you want next you know what I mean yeah like I was like alright like so, you know I don't know how some people maybe some people be like alright cool I already got my place I got a job 
you know, now I can get a good car and I'll be set. Like, nah, like for me, it was like, all right, cool. Now, what do you, what's next? You know what I mean? And I, I had no idea what next was for me, but I knew that, that I wanted there to be a next. And that's why, you know, like I, I just started, I work a lot, you know, I work a lot of overtime and, and I just started stacking up my chips, stacking up my chips. And a year ago is when, is when um, one of my boys, Cito, came up to me, we were in Vegas, and he's like, hey, bro, like, there's this sports bar that, you know, I'm, I'm looking into to try to buy, and, you know, I'm looking for a partner and this and that, and, you know, I, I want to see if you're interested. Z, I have no idea, I have no idea how to run a restaurant. I don't know anything about it. I don't know nothing about food. I didn't know anything about buying a, a, a business. I don't know how business works. I, I had no idea what it is. But I was in a position to where I had put myself where I was like, fuck it, I can do it. And in my mindset, I was just like, look, take the risk, right? If it, if Take the risk knowing that if things don't go well, you'll be fine with it. I like, are you cool with that, right? Yeah. And I and I talked to him and I was like, you know what? I am. I am cool with it. And and sure enough, boom! I invested in that, and it, you know, I bought a. I, I'm a co-owner of a sports bar now, and it's kind of like now we're we're working on it, and things things have been, you know, with this whole COVID things, things slowed down, but things are a lot better now, and we're actually trying to see if we can buy another one. So it's a, it's those calculated risk, and and it just reminds me too is like not only do you own a restaurant but now you're giving away free pizzas like I, and i oh, just yeah. so how was so, that for, so what's the name of the restaurant and where's it at and then tell me about so, that free pizza giveaway so, thing okay so uh it's called halftime house of highlights it's right there on uh it's on florence and atlantic uh it's like a little north of uh of atlantic just uh, off of florence in what city in the city of bell okay so yeah, so tell me about the free pizza thing because I, I see so, you. So when this whole COVID nineteen nineteen happened, um, you know a lot of people, uh, you know, lost their jobs. People, people were barely, you know, like they couldn't really, um, you know, pay for rent or like buy food for their families and stuff like that. Like a lot of people were struggling. So, you know, we got together. It was me, uh, uh, my partners, and then uh, one of my buddies, Nate. Who is actually my um, my college teammate? His name's Nathan. So he owns a huge company called West Coast Weenies that they uh, they travel throughout the whole United States. They do like concerts, fairs, all that stuff. And we partnered together and we said, you know, what can we do to kind of you know help out in, in times like this? And you know, we came up with it with an idea that you know we put some money together and and we we bought about well we made about like maybe. 500 500 to 800 pizzas and we we um we donated them so we pretty much put it on on our feed and said hey you know we have pizzas that we're giving away to families in need um all you got to do is just come in and and we and we would give it we would give them a free pizza that's dope yeah and that's the whole thing bro i think you know like asking that question what's next and i think you know since i've known you you've always had your head on straight you know i think um you had some good people in your corner and i think you're you're whatever next is for you it's not only going to benefit you but i think it's going to benefit 
either whether it's your career, your community, or you know what you're doing with your with your restaurant. Like you're already talking about like making that next restaurant. So, man, bro, I, I, I this is this was cool to to bring you on not only because you're my boy, but but because you got that story, bro. And I think it it can resonate with a lot of people, Flake. So thank you. Yeah, no worries, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. So uh, we're always rocking with the best, and we're rocking with Jose Flake Sanchez, bro. Thank you, Flake. Good looking out. All love, all basketball, pura raza. We out. Yeah. All right, dog. That was cool, dog. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we out. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh. From the wood, yes, and I'll rock with the best. Yeah, yeah, we out.